0: howdy guys welcome back so how did i get here it's me sam lax this week i was joined by a wonderful human being by the name of emma Metcalf. She's a senior producer, director and filmmaker with global experience spanning multiple platforms including live broadcast, documentary, branded content and traditional television. She's worked all over the shop with brands like Discovery, MTV, Endermost Shine Australia and Red Bull to help orchestrate everything from live broadcasts of surfing competitions to music festivals to shoots in the most remote parts of Oz involving herding hundreds of wild camel, which we'll chat about in the episode. I'm lucky to have come to know Em through work. I work with her every day here at Verizon Media. She joined in 2018 as a senior producer and general boss lady, who's responsible for the output of the company's new in-house studio, which is her baby. Every week, she ensures that Verizon Builds series Sydney and Yahoo Finance's new investors shows a chock-a-block with fantastic and interesting guests, as well as producing plenty of other exciting formats and projects on the side. We had a great little lunch break and covered heaps in the episode, just in a park around the corner from work. In our chat, Emma shares how her upbringing on a cattle farm in Australia's northeast Victoria influenced her worky fast and outlook. She shares some career highlights on her journey to date, many pearls of wisdom from her wealth of knowledge and experience gained from well over a decade working as a creative in the media industry. We talk about the importance of maintaining some form of work-life balance mental health in the creative industry mentors and the power of role models in helping encourage the next generation particularly of female powerhouses like herself in a traditionally male dominated industry lots of stuff to get into so without further ado let's go live to the part where this was recorded So I don't know what episode it is now, we're plus 10, but minus 15, somewhere in the middle there, and I'm joined by the all-round superstar, senior producer at Verizon Media in Yahoo Australia, Miss Emma Metcalf.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Mate, thank you for cutting the time out of your day to have a little chat. We'll start at the beginning. Where were you born, my love?
1: I was actually born in kangaroo ground Mm. in northeast Victoria on a cattle farm near the Yarra Valley.
0: What was a typical a typical summer look like on uh, a typical summer your farm. well but did you animals food like food crops
1: absolutely so i am the daughter uh one of four kids to dudley and jennifer metcalf mm-hmm. legends um we we have a, a nice large property down in victoria on the outskirts of melbourne um horses cattle dogs chicken guinea fowl
0: guinea fowl nice you
1: know we have the whole shebang cool um what was your
0: favorite growing up animal
1: uh dogs and horses yeah i rode horses growing up um you know i lived on the farm my whole life until i moved into the city oh good and you know got up at 4 a.m to feed all the animals go to school come back ride the horses Mm. the works um my father dudley is like the cattle whisperer of kangaroo ground oh really just loves his cattle gives an example Well, he walks into the paddock and they come running to him. They love him.
0: Yeah. He's the man that feeds them though, surely. I'd be doing that. I'd be like, oh, oh, I love you, mate. Good old duds. Lunch here? Is lunch ready? Yeah. lunch (laughs) ready?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the matriarch of the family, she's a strong, powerful woman. So I feel proud that I've grown up in her footsteps.
0: There you go. So perhaps that's what's instilled your strong, powerful vibes as well.
1: Yeah. I I definitely think I've uh, inherited some of the work hard, not smart attributes Mm -hmm. of being a farmer's daughter but mm. i'm working very hard to streamline my efficiencies working as, very
0: hard to get smart <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: working very hard to get smart <laughs> aren't we all but yeah but it was an amazing upbringing and i definitely wouldn't change anything and that's class i well, really appreciate hard work and um, yeah was and the land say. that we live on
0: what what kind of Looking back on it now, like my girlfriend's also a big horse rider and that, yeah. that dedication that you have, yeah. like especially at a younger age, to be waking up at four before school and stuff like that. Yeah. Like what, what lessons do you reckon you took away from life on a farm?
1: Um, my father has just worked seven days a week, I think, you know, three hundred and fifty two days a year. Like just he's the hardest working person I know mm. and gets up at sunrise, is back after dark and loves. Still the job. to this day. Still he's in he's nearly He's in his close to his mid seventies now, wow. and he still works like that. Incredible. So I don't think he'll ever stop.
0: I was going to say, obviously he enjoys yeah. what he does.
1: Yeah, and my mum is still working, and so good. You know, we we have like a beautiful property and mm. very lucky. Mm. Um, But I think like the things I inherited the most is like hard work. If you want something, you got to go grab it. Mm-hmm. And I think from growing up with brothers and sisters, I don't really accept no very often. Mm. Don't like hearing no. Are you the y- youngest of your siblings? <laughs> I'm the youngest, yeah. By so that's margin
0: probably, or clo- oh, uh, quite close?
1: Nine years younger, yeah.
0: Wow, okay. So you're always punching for <laughs> whatever it may be, whatever activity or the last bit of food and stuff you, like that. Yeah,
1: I'm always stomping my feet. Yeah, quite. Yeah, always stomping my feet. So, um, but yeah, I think I think it put me in like good stead Yeah. for a... Uh, hard-working career. I yeah, guess.
0: too right. Yeah, well, you certainly found that. So what yeah. was ticking your box at school? What subjects uh, lit your fire?
1: Well, the thing with me was that I was never really an academic person. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really felt like I fitted in at school. Sure. Um, I loved it, but didn't see where I would fit in in college.
0: Mm, mm, um, any extra quick stuff that you were doing that was really good?
1: Yeah. So I basically was very sporty and active. I kind of did every single sport that the curriculum offered. Mm. I trained every morning. I competed every day and weekend. Mm. I, I was very much, you know, heavily involved in co-curricular activities with the school. Nice. And I think that's what really got me forward. But when I finished school, I just wanted to get stuck straight into it.
0: Mm. And what's I, it?
1: It Well, I didn't know. I think I was a bit of a lost puppy, but I actually went straight into advertising.
0: Okay. Uh, and
1: I worked for a magazine mm-hmm. company. Is that Bauer? Uh, ACP Magazines. Okay, I think yeah. it's been bought. It might have actually been bought by Bauer
0: now.
1: Yeah. ACP Magazines, where I was a coordinator, mm. you know, working for a, someone that was a little bit like the Devil Wears
0: Prada. No way. Yeah, that is literally my own And that was my first job off of that the farm.
1: World. So that was quite interesting. That must have been a
0: stark contrast. How did you manage yeah, that? Yeah,
1: and it was also um, that was my first insight into women not supporting women. Interesting. And having a female boss that wasn't supportive of people coming up through mm.
0: the business. Yeah, fascinating. Why do you think it was like that? Was it like the I think Ecos- it was
1: very competitive, and they were like they were like titles like Cosmopolitan and Shop Two Drop, so everyone was really there's that mentality that you should be grateful to mm. have this job.
0: Mm, mm. Um, which, you which you are grateful for work, yeah,
1: but you should also be valued.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Interesting. So
1: I never really, um, I didn't, I, I didn't feel at home there.
0: Mm.
1: I got approached by a radio station and I went and worked for them in advertising and marketing oh, cool. and events, which I loved. But once again, I, I wasn't quite in my, in my zone. Mm. Um, and then one day I found a, um, an ad being advertised for Network Ten in Melbourne mm-hmm. for an executive assistant to this for the Circle. Uh, it was for nine AM with David and Kim actually, oh, which wow. is a very you know a morning show from way back.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was
1: twenty one at the time, I think. And
0: that's a pretty big step.
1: It was, it was actually a step back in my career oh. and like he, like heaps less, heaps less. Great English, yeah. Um, a much reduced
0: salary. Salary, sure.
1: But, but what was I it had about a gut it? feeling about it and yeah. I really, I met with the woman, the Network EP, yeah. and I had a, I just got the most amazing vibe of her. Mm. She basically said to me, it's not rocket science. We like you. You're a good cultural fit. We want you. Mm. And I took the job so quickly and um, that Network EP is still my mentor today over 15 years on. How good. And I just adore her and her husband, their powerhouse EP couple. Oh, really? Both of them. Both of them are. I've worked for both of them, and That's you know, really at cool. the time, if I could have stayed working for the working with them and for them forever, I definitely would have. So oh,
0: incredible. That's a very interesting point there on uh, mentors. So you've been fortunate enough to have a mentor from that yeah. age.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Sandy Patterson is her name. She's always been the most amazing mentor, and even now, when I don't get to see her very often, I could mm. call her out of the blue mm. and say to her, Paddo, mm. how do I do this?" or how do I manage or navigate the situation without any context or setup yeah. or niceties around, Hey, how's it going? How's nice life class. Yeah. straight to the nitty gritty. Yeah. And she'll give me the lowdown. She'll yeah. help, she'll help me through it. And then yeah. she'll say, okay, I got to go back to the whatever shoot she's directing and oh, good. she's just incredibly inspiring and very powerful. And um, I hope that I can achieve as much as, you know, Sandy and Chris have achieved in their
0: careers. So yeah. I really appreciate their time. So good. So, do you pay it forward? Do you have a little, uh, little yeah. school of people that you mentor as well?
1: Yeah. Well, I um, when I moved to Sydney, I was fortunate enough to work with a lot of great production companies and people. And the people that I really enjoyed working for, I would contact and stay in touch with. And mm. I've got similar relationships with um a couple of really lovely, you know, producers and production bosses in oh, here and directors here yeah. in uh, Sydney. So yeah, I definitely believe mentoring is is an amazing um asset to Mm. any kind of like career Mm -hmm, um it also gives you a point of difference it also helps you grow i think like today even we interviewed elia green
0: Mm. who's
1: an olympic rugby sevens player and she said that even though you just might have got your best time you can still do better
0: Mm -hmm. you can
1: still grow more every single day and i strongly believe that's not just in sport that's in every kind of oh in life completely every kind of relationship and every kind of like profession we can always like innovate and do better and you know keep like improving ourselves yeah and i think that's
0: really important yeah real talk well we'll come back to ways in which you do that in the the here and now uh shortly but coming back to the channel 10 the move yes so that was down is that down in melbourne yeah so i was working in channel 10 in melbourne yeah and this is when you were 21
1: 21 working for 9am with david and kim and i became my uh network ep's right hand, and she just showed me the lay of the land. She took me under her wing. She said, it's not rocket science. Let's just get this done. Mm. And I learned very quickly and I progressed very quickly. I probably didn't take the most traditional path Mm -hmm. in coming up through the ranks in production. Normally Mm -hmm. you have to spend, you know, a certain amount of time as a coordinator, a certain amount of time as a production manager or an associate producer, that type of thing. Um, But she trusted me Mm. to invest the time in getting it done correctly and learning.
0: Yeah. And obviously you met it with hard work and yeah. ascended quickly through the ranks. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. So um, it was like a baptism of fire, but I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Give us some examples.
1: Um, the production manager actually resigned yeah. and no one was doing it.
0: What? So I just... Just you were quite literally just a person down.
1: Yeah. So I just went down to accounts and said, I need you to teach me how to do these things. Can you help me? And I had a really nice relationship with them and... I said, pull up a chair. Yeah. Taught me everything. And then I just took over and started doing it.
0: Wow. Alongside what you were doing already.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, my boss at the time, she picked up a bit extra. I picked up a bit extra. And we just, you know, we Worked collaboratively, we we got it done really well. Yeah. Um, so things like that, I think throwing yourself in the deep end can be really great for growth. Mm-hmm. And I definitely grew very fast. Good on you. That's cool. Yeah. So you did that for a year, two years? Um, I was there for a few years. Yeah. Um, And in that time, uh, the circle, 9am mm-hmm. with David and Kim went out and the circle came in Yeah. and I worked there for a little bit. And then my boss's husband poached me from her <laughs> to go work for his production company as a production manager yeah and run help run his production company um which was also amazing he's an incredibly creative and innovative director mm, got mm. to work on amazing productions like the amazing race
0: yeah that looked incredible so let's speak about that real quick so yeah. were you were you a combination of office and field work for that yeah office and field work and mm-hmm. basically for those that it, don't know sorry what is the amazing race the
1: amazing race is a reality game show but it's like a game show on steroids where basically they get given a task and they basically follow this task on a budget all around the world. Wow. And the way the cameras work is that you basically have like a three-man crew that f- chases you yeah. as you go on a plane, on a boat, on a nice bus, class, yeah. all around the world. Yeah. And these guys just run their butts off yeah. trying to film you and it's just really spectacular to watch and the crew are just incredible. So, yeah. But Chris came up with this amazing – way to kick off the they always do a really incredible some grand start to it factor Mm -hmm. entrance to the you know to the season Mm. and he landed I think something like twelve helicopters onto the MCG which had never been done before. What? We were all terrified. Yeah I could imagine (laughs) the um the air traffic control of that is you know pretty pretty detailed. Mm, mm. Um it went off without a hitch and it was just spectacular. You know, 3 a.m starts.
0: Yeah Love that. Uh,
1: running on adrenaline and fumes. Sleep and when you die, yeah. Sleep when you die, exactly. And we did it, and it was it was really incredible.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. That's so, so cool. So you work, working with people like this, that like you say, it's just such a great way of leveling up and uh, Definitely. honing your skills as well. Are there any lessons from these particular ones that you – or is it just incremental, each one you'd learn something yeah. new? Yeah. Do
1: you know, I think – over the course of your career, you have jobs you love, jobs you hate, jobs that were just filling time and jobs that just paid you. Mm. But I think you if you focus, you will always take at least one or two lessons from every opportunity. Even yeah. if it was a job you hated, you still learned something, something from to be it. Yeah. Exactly. Good you outreach. can't love every job and you don't get along with every single person, but yeah. you can always still learn and grow. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think being a free like after working with Chris I became a freelancer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And was freelancing for nearly 10 years and I think being a freelancer, you are put into different productions, different ways of doing things and Mm. different crews and Mm. different guidelines and brands and Mm. you just have to be agile and evolve and adapt. So Mm. every time you get put into a new production house, it's their way of doing things and it's a really great way to learn and grow and just keep keep moving basically.
0: Yeah, totally. On the note of being a freelancer, like... Because a lot of people don't have the appetite for the risk, you know, like it is un- yeah. unpredictable and financially unstable. Blah blah blah. How, was it was it a natural move for you, or did you did you struggle at at first dealing with the uncertainty of it? Because you've got to be fairly calm, don't you?
1: Well, I the first job I ever took as a freelancer was nine months.
0: Oh, sweet! So that was a nice introduction yeah. to the game. But
1: that's not to say that I didn't think about my next job until like the last three weeks. Of course, when I went, as is
0: the way when Shit. everyone's on production, going. So what are you on next? And you're I like, oh,
1: I don't know. Got another job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um. I think being a freelancer, you have to be very well organized. Mm. You have to be really on top of all your contacts. Mm. You know, the minute you're close to finishing a job, you should be emailing everyone saying, Hey, I'm going to be finishing up on this date. Don't forget Mm. about me. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, And you know, the age old saying that you're only as good as your last job Mm -hmm. holds true Mm. in freelance work because if you didn't do a good job on your last one, it's hard to get the next one. Mm. Um, So I think that keeps you very humble Mm. Mm. and keeps you working hard basically
0: totally yeah
1: um you know it's a competitive industry and there's a lot of people out there that can do what you do sometimes better yeah so if you want to um you know it's about relationship building and always sort of like you know delivering the best you can and mm-hmm. uh finding ways to you know just do a good job and enjoy what you're doing basically
0: yeah real talk yeah that reminds me of um <clears throat> i can't remember the name but famous writer's commencement speech at one of the you know uh, fancy US University needs, and like, there are three things in life you can either be good at your job, uh, then your work delivered on time, and a good person. You always have to be two of these three things. You can be a dick, but if you do sick work and it's always on time, you'll probably get away with it. If you're a good person and your work's late, but it's good, you know, and it goes short, totally, least, I mean, it's so true, but especially in. The media world, where the circle, especially I found here, is very small. Like it's few degrees of separation. Yeah. The gossip has the good and the bad. It's uh, but it keeps people in check, I suppose. So that's why we gossip in general. So yeah.
1: But also, I think um, freelance work gives you the time Mm. and the breath. Yeah. To uh, find your place in the industry. So true. I worked in such a lot of different types of shows, like documentaries and reality TV and lifestyle and factual entertainment. You know, it takes. For me personally, I found it took a long time to find where I fit in the industry, and sure. I um, that can feel like an uphill battle sometimes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You totally know, you don't totally. feel like you're
1: in flow with it all. Like things can sometimes be harder. Sometimes the next job doesn't flow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a few tricks that they always tell you to have, like three months' salary always in the bank.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: you know, keep your connections strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I loved making hit lists. Of production companies, TV shows, directors, producers, and brands that I want, you know, blue sky scenario of who I would love to work with. Yeah. And then literally just ticking them all off my list.
0: That's class. And you said you've more or less ticked them all apart from Oprah. Oprah, yeah. Oprah and Ellen. Oprah and Ellen. You hear that, ladies? I'm scared,
1: though, that when you meet the maker that sometimes they won't
0: live up to your expectations.
1: Sure. But I think... I don't think it would matter.
0: Yeah, exactly that. I think once you meet those kind of makers, then you're in the big leagues already, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. That's so good. So what were the, some of the, give us a highlight reel of some exciting jobs that you did. So, oh, what's his name? Rob, um, your Australian adventures, Rob. Oh, Robson Green. British guy, yeah, Robson Green. What was that like? That looked amazing Uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Was he a nice guy and was the production decent? Oh, he
1: was amazing. So Discovery got in touch with me and said, what are you doing tomorrow?
0: <laughs> How'd you do?
1: And I said, i have actually just finished a contract. Oh, and they said, and Had
0: you actually? Yeah. yeah and they good. said,
1: Can you fly to Alice Springs tomorrow morning at 5 a.m.? And I was like, Yes, I can. Yes. They're like, Great. This is this is kind of what you're going to be doing. We need a producer on the ground. The crew have been filming for 30 days straight. <laughs> They've come <laughs> out from England. They're they're tired. How much they're, yeah. And uh, I started to get a little bit worried when she said, How much sleep have you had lately? Like, are you feeling refreshed or like are you already? tired? Like, wow! Wh- how, what's your mental capacity like? And wow. I was like, no, no, I'm pretty energized and I'm feeling really good. She's like, amazing. Okay, I'm booking your tickets. <laughs> so I hopped on a plane and flew out to Alice Springs and met the crew. There was about... How many of us? There was probably about like six of us. Sure. And it was Robson Green's Wild Australian Adventure. Yeah, yeah. And Robson Green has a fishing program where he yeah, goes to like fishing. really exotic places, like does extreme fishing. And he used to be an actor and a singer. And He's, he's a funny he, guy. Like, the on most, the shows
0: he comes across he's funny He's a huge as well.
1: character. and yeah. You know, but anyone after 30 days is starting oh, to get tired. Oh,
0: haggard. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. when
1: you're on, on camera talent.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so when I arrived, they were all pretty pooped. Uh, and I got the impression that my main job was just keeping the ball rolling with these guys. Like we've just got to get to the finish line. Yeah. So we loaded them all into utes. Um, and we drove six hours to Kings Creek station in the middle of the desert in the Wataka national park. Which I was loving because I was like, Yeah, fresh exactly.
0: And yeah, holiday like, for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Drove out to the national park, we unloaded all the gears, set up the next day, and basically we were going on a camel muster. Uh, the government culls there's like seven hundred and fifty thousand wild camels roaming Australia in the desert. Wow. And the government just culls them. But when you shoot them and they go into the waterways, it actually
0: can pollute the waterways. Pollute so, you the don't waterways. Want so
1: the um, the ranch owner mm. at Kings Creek Station, which mm. is a camel station out in the desert, who yeah. was actually in um, the station they use for the film Tracks. Oh, really? With that woman, Robin, who walked from yeah, Kings yeah. Creek all the way to the west, furthest west coast line with camels. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that's where they shot. Uh, he does camel musters sure. because the Arab Emirates – love our camels. They don't say, they don't get the it? diseases. Like, yeah. They don't get the diseases that their camels get and they're stronger and they taste better.
0: Huge export, yeah.
1: Huge export. So they send helicopters like fifty K's out to find a herd. Mm. And then they fly down real low and mm. rant, like run them back to us. Wow! And people are on four wheelers and two wheelers and these like
0: sand buggy. It's like fucking Mad Max, but with camels. It's
1: exactly like Mad Max. We're hiding in the scrub, and then all of a sudden the helicopter go like gives us the sign. Yeah. And you feel the thunder underneath
0: you. The ground starting to shake.
1: And then these camels just fly over the over the bank yeah. and everyone just, I can't what do you even... do? I'd be
0: running away. What well, are you running towards the, it?
1: It was actually, it was a comedy of errors for me. Yeah. I was, I had to drive with the ranch owner. Yeah. Cause he had just had a shoulder, his shoulder done and oh. couldn't change gears. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> he was like, can you drive manual? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I grew up on this a farm. he's like, great, yeah. get in the car. So.
0: She's literally Mad Max. This is exactly what they do. The director a smaller
1: camera yeah. that he was filming in one of the buggies yeah. just getting absolute thrash. Yeah. I was in this car with him and he was like, don't worry, we're only, we're going to hang back. Sure. But he just,
0: he <laughs> couldn't hang back. Not. Yeah. He was
1: like, get it into the, like ramming into gear. Yeah. Flying over sand dunes and embankments Whoa. and stuff. And like the helicopter was coming down at eye level to talk to us. Yeah. <sighs> That's class. using the thrusters on the helicopter to nudge the camels because the bull camels turn around and, like, Whoa. try and stand off with you and they just nudge them along with the helicopter thrusters. Jesus. It was just the most terrifying thing I think I've ever done That's as a producer. That's
0: insane, yeah. And where's Robson at this point?
1: Robson was in one of the buggies. okay, fine. Screaming for his life.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that was just insane. And, and then from there, the trip just got better and better. We went crocodile hunting. We oh. we went on a – um like a cow muster we you know went to Catherine Gorge uh, yeah. sorry the town of Catherine and we went to um the Beswick Falls we got permission to go to this wow. all indigenous community sacred in site. It? Yeah, yeah it's really just it was just a truly extraordinary experience I'm very grateful for it um
0: incredible and everyone survived you kept yeah, the morale going
1: yeah kept them all going we got to the last night and yeah. it's like Stockholm syndrome you know like mm. everyone's starting to hate each other mm-hmm. only purely because they're exhausted mm. and then on the last night we're all like oh we're gonna miss you totally.
0: You've been through thick and thin. Been up together, yeah.
1: ten, you know, three o'clock in the morning every night, wrangling cards, and then having oh. to be the first one up to wake everyone up. By the yeah, ten days I was, I was cooked, cooked. Yeah,
0: glad but you it, went into it energized. Yeah, <laughs> that it EP all made said. sense when
1: she asked me that. Yeah, so that was that was an amazing experience. Um, and you
0: got another job after that, presumably?
1: Yeah, I got another job after Proving that. The adage. I'm still in touch with those guys. They're amazing over in um, uh, where are they based? Like Scotland, I think.
0: Oh, Scotland. wow. Yeah, it's British based, isn't it? British so, yeah. based, yeah. That's cool. So, so that th- was really
1: awesome. And then... Um...
0: what? Inter- so you've done a lot of international ones. I remember we were chatting about... So the, so the way I broke it down, I forgot my notes, but I did some uh-huh. So producer, there's casting producer, there's field producer, yep. uh, senior producer, what you are now, and then exec producer. So what is the role of a casting producer and what have you done in that fact? Have you done, a- you've done the voice or a little big shot? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um...
0: Yeah. So what's the like? You've done your research on me, haven't you? We try. (laughs) We try.
1: So basically, a casting producer Mm. is brought in in pre-production phase to find the right types of talent for the show that you're wanting. Mm -hmm. You have like a bit of a brief and a Mm -hmm. bit of an idea of who you want. You work really closely with the team. Yeah, Yeah, you know the narrative that you're trying to meet. And And you just on the phones or on the phones on the internet, out in the street. There's no one or area that's safe from a casting producer. Wow. And you just kind of like keep going down the rabbit holes until you yeah. find the right person and you're doing screeners and FaceTiming wow. and chatting. And
0: so you've got a side life as a bloody inve- private investigator, really, haven't yeah, you? I really you've got all the skills.
1: I really do feel like not many people can keep secrets from me, actually. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, so that's, it's such an important job. Sure. The right what? talent sets you up for so much success in the series. Well
0: makes or breaks the show, presumably, yeah. right? Yeah. What's the most interesting person you've casted and what was it for?
1: Uh, see, that's super tough because mm. I was working reality television. Mm. So the general public. I've met a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of really interesting, flamboyant characters. Mm. Um, like I well, loved... Yeah,
0: ones that stick in your mind. Yeah. I well, suppose. I loved
1: casting for the Gogglebox.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: the people who want to be on Gogglebox are just the most enthusiastic, happy people.
0: Sure.
1: Really interesting and have great banter. So they're always fun and um, cast for dating shows.
0: Oh, yeah. First dates. How was that?
1: Yep. So I cast the boys on a season of that and it's really funny you get them in this little room and they suddenly feel very exposed and share all their deepest darkest secrets about their sex lives and the dating secrets and how they ghost girls and stuff wow yeah i was single at the time and thought dear god
0: jesus yeah it's a bit of a red flag for everyone single
1: life is for me (laughs) i think it's for me (laughs) yeah um so that was super interesting Mm. um like i feel like my experience in psychology has totally. And emotional intelligence has definitely advanced over the years. Yeah, I can imagine, um, yeah. There's also a lot of big personalities working in, as creatives. Mm, and mm. I think, uh, you know, personality management is key and well, so much of what success. you
0: do is managing, yeah, people's yeah. A, expectations and B, egos and yeah. C, logistics. So it's yeah, exactly. Like, so it's that-
1: creative, it's logistics, it's… Um, you know, you kind of need to do whatever you need to do to get the jobs done, mm. which is super important.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's cool. So coming back to the elements of producing, so field producing and live broadcast, you've done a fair few of those, eh? Hey?
1: Yeah, definitely. So what are they like? Um, I love being in the field and I love yeah. live broadcast. And I think similarly because they have similar aspects in relation to it's on the fly a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the pressure must be immense. You've done some Red Bull events. You've done yeah. everything under the sun. Like, is that not like hectic?
1: Yeah. So the, yeah, the Red Bull Cape Fear was possibly something I'm extremely proud of to be involved in. Mm. I was um, a producer on that program the first year that they did it. Mm. And basically it's a big wave surf event, um, gladiator style, held at a beach called ours out at Canal National Park. Mm which is like a slab wave that barrels on this really shallow rock shelf. It's really dangerous and very wild. Um, And when it's firing, it's
0: huge. Something to behold, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, They say that when you come off a wave on it, it feels like you're hitting concrete.
0: Oh, good And watching
1: the guys surf, it was really quite terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, But the premise of the event was there was a waiting period of – I think it was like three to four months or something, mm-hmm. three to six months. Let's mm. just say, and basically, when the swell hit a certain level, mm. there would be a five day not- notification. Like everyone would everyone's get it on standby, and then three days out, everyone got the green light, and then we they had yeah. to bump in a whole live broadcast. <sighs> an event space yeah. in 48
0: hours. Yeah, because I've always wondered how World Surf League, et cetera, do something which depends so much. Yeah. That, you know, you can organize a football game anywhere, right? Well, or, the World
1: Surf League doesn't work like that. Mm. There's scheduled dates, and if there's no surf, they just keep pushing the dates out. Cape oh, okay. Fear yeah. was purely based on it had to be a certain height wave for it to, be to happen because otherwise it's not a big wave event.
0: Got you. So, so you've got three days to... Uh,
1: so in 48 hours, they bumped in a whole live broadcast unit.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: I think the guys from Pacific Broadcast had just got back from Tahiti on the WSL tour mm. and had to go straight to this. Oof. And we had to get up at 4 a.m. and get down there and, um, you know...
0: What does a live broadcast unit look like for those not acquainted with it?
1: So it it's van? called an Is outside it f- broadcast. It's mm. called an OB unit. Mm-hmm. And basically it's a big truck. And in the truck uh, they have all like the screens and ability to mm-hmm. broadcast to networks and streaming platforms.
0: Got you. So is it like one of those ones we might see for, I don't know, Channel 10 News? It's got the big satellite on the roof, that yeah, kind of so thing. You have like so you have an a- SNG
1: truck with the satellite. You have a massive broadcast truck with all the different, like the director and the uh, graphics operators okay. and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Just a mobile um, mixing desk and all yeah. the rest of it. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. like what you would have at a network, but it's outside.
0: Got you, got you, got you, got you
1: um and it's incredibly technical it's very advanced and Mm. you know the guys that run it are just so good at what they do Mm -hmm. and everyone who's involved is really uh agile and quick on their feet Mm -hmm. just really brilliant at getting the job done and making it look shit hot basically
0: hells yeah i think you have to be so your role in that you're spinning all the plates making sure everyone's doing their thing
1: so i was um, a producer assisting the executive producer and basically i helped logistically set it all up Mm mm-hmm which was a bit of a cobweb. Yeah. Logistically set it all up and then on the day helped it run properly and then also did all the kind of like field interviews that like crossed from the field into the into the heart that goes then up to the live broadcast.
0: Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. Good Lord. It and was one you... of my
1: favorite events, though. Like, yeah. I just loved it and seeing how happy everyone was afterwards. Like, I don't think the surf reached the height they were after, though. It wasn't mm. as big as all those big wave surfers. Like, mm-hmm. people flew in from all around the world, like mm. Jamie O'Brien, wow. Kobe Aberton, Bruce Irons, Ooh. like big names. Yeah. Mark Matthews. And I don't think it reached the level they thought, but it was still an, a stellar event and everyone was stoked. Everyone had a good time.
0: Yeah. It oh, was really crass. great. That's so good. And am I right in thinking you did uh, a live broadcast on like the West Coast when you were, was it it a race or something?
1: Yeah. So there's an event called the, yeah, so this is during my time at Red Bull. Yeah. So I took a gig at Red Bull for two weeks and ended up being there for 12 months. (laughs) But it was the most amazing year. Yeah. Um, What was the first gig? I love action sports. Yeah. So anything from motocross to surfing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, big wave sports, stuff like that. Mm. Um, so the first gig was a TV series called Focus and it was like the oh, mental – the elite athletes. Elite athletes and the mental mm. side beside behind their sports. And we were mm. dealing with, it, the, you know, athletes in Australia and internationally across all different um, areas. Mm, fascinating. You know, BMX, some surfing, cool bike going, tr- triathlete, everything. Yeah. Um, worked Got to work with s- some of the most amazing – athletes yeah and imagine. to hear how they have to like mentally focus to get the job done and the ways they psych each other out and all that kind of stuff it was super fascinating yeah um and so that was for two weeks ended and then up you're
0: getting towards the end of it and you go no what am i doing next and they go "Oh, are you free tomorrow well
1: they just never gave me an end date actually
0: ah and i
1: was never gonna ask them for of course one. not no no i no. was quite enjoying myself yeah. so i ended up staying there for a year and it was a really valuable year for me because i think i Learn a different side of production it was i was the client
0: mm. i've
1: always been the production company
0: mm, I see. and so that is
1: a different area of the business again like you're still having to produce like you do in a production company mm. but i'd have to co-pro with people to get it done
0: i see i don't yeah. have my
1: own people in house yeah yeah so um
0: what did that what skills did that equip you with mainly i
1: think in credit to what you were saying before, like personality management, mm. um, navigating sometimes difficult situations, mm. uh, working towards a common goal with sure. multiple stakeholders. Mm. You know, Red Bull is a enormous brand that requires lots of feedback from lots of different areas from the business. So sometimes you could have 14 people feeding back on oh, a piece Jesus. of content.
0: And is that like a horse designed by a committee's a camel sometimes? You have to yeah. be like, oh. Yeah, like, okay. so like some
1: days it can be really stressful, but when you all reach the end, you're all like, yes
0: big collective did it yeah we finally got there
1: so it it really taught me patience it taught me emotional intelligence and it taught me how to like uh work with you know work with production companies i usually work alongside
0: Mm, but mm. work as
1: the client Mm. which is different Mm. it's a different dynamic yeah totally. and it gives you a different view
0: on budget and costumes and stuff and it's like a
1: different way to um i think it it was an important lesson to learn considering where i've ended up Mm-hmm. which now I'm still in a similar situation where I we have some internal staff, mm. but we do have to co-pro with the likes of like Broken Yellow yeah, with the broadcast and things like that. So cool, yeah. I think it's been very valuable. But yeah. um, the one of the events that I also produced was called the Wings for Life World Race. Yeah, this and is it. And it was like yeah. 38 countries all live broadcasting into the one channel. That's, That's nuts. And the premise of the event was basically, it was like an 80-kilometer race mm-hmm. in the middle of the bush. Yeah. Uh, is it down Margaret Riverway am
0: I making yeah, that up? It Yeah, it was.
1: I'm trying to remember the, I can't remember the name of the area, but basically it went into the bush where there's no reception. So yeah. to do a live
0: broadcast. Perfect for a live broadcast. broadcast. Love that.
1: Very interesting. And I was throwing around ideas. I'm like, I could fly a chopper over them and relay a signal off what? the truck that's following them and bring
0: it back to the What kind of budget has tr- this thing got?
1: Well, this is the thing. Yeah. You often have to do things on a shoestring budget. Sure. So... It took a long time for us all to come to the right solution because basically what happened was there was a catcher car. Yeah. The race starts. Yeah. And then at a certain time afterwards, the catcher car starts. And when the a car caught up to you, uh-huh. you were out You're of the eliminated. race.
0: You eliminated. Fine. Got you.
1: So we needed... Broadcast footage uh, coming from our reporter. We needed broadcast footage coming from the race. It yeah. had to be broadcast all the way through, and there was a bus that would pick people up and take them back. And I stuff see. Like that. And
0: sorry, what? how were people racing for those that don't know? Running. Running. There we go. Running. Fine. yeah. Surely a car's catching you like that.
1: Well, the car didn't start for like two hours or something after the.
0: Two hours. And they only drove okay. at like. I was going to say, I 10 still wouldn't. Hour, <laughs> two like. hour head start. I'm still getting murked yeah. by a car. Yeah.
1: So that was a really hard technical broadcast Yeah, that fascinating. I honestly was. Uh, struggling to envision how we were going to execute it mm. and when it actually all came off and we, I think it's also um, that's really important to note that you know how they say you're not the smartest person in the room mm. in those situations. You are, you're probably the least smartest person in the room. Mm. right? Mm. It's about, talking to the right people that can help you get to that end goal
0: right oh 100 yeah it's so great henry ford says like he's not the smartest guy but he his power yeah. is delegation and like, henry ford he had surrounds no, himself i don't with even think people. henry ford
1: had u6 education
0: yeah well there you go
1: and it's not a, yeah it's about skills that yeah. you devote to learn mm, and mm. you know that situation was exactly that we had to find the right people in mm, perth mm-hmm. you know to meet budget, to meet logistics, to mm. meet creative output, that type mm. of thing, and it ended up being a huge success, which I think um, Incredible. Red Bull was really happy with. And yeah. you know, I think everyone slept slept really well that night. so oh,
0: unreal! And it's like it's exciting ones like that with so many moving parts and things that could go wrong and not right and blah blah blah. When you finally pull it off, or just like the the interest of those kind of yeah, logistics, that's very awesome.
1: satisfying. Like, do you know mm. there's a meme? My boss at my last job at Junkie. Yeah. Ian. Thank you. This is for you. Yeah. Um, he gave me this meme one day and he said, Emma, when I saw this, I thought of you.
0: Uh,
1: And it's a split screen and on one side it's a guy looking like he's in severe pain with like froth coming out of his mouth, and it says in production. Yeah. And then the next side of the screen is Leonardo DiCaprio throwing all his money off
0: his (laughs) his yacht, yeah. Off his yacht.
1: Um You know, saying post production, yeah, like after production.
0: <laughs> it's like
1: when you're in it, you're like, "Oh, this is so painful. Why yeah. is everything so hard? Yeah. It's not working." And then at the end, you're like,
0: oh, yeah. "Yeah,
1: we did that. It's no, awesome. It. Yeah, oh, that old thing. Guys. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, that was no sweat." And you look
1: back at it so fondly, and it's like you instantly forget totally. all the hard times, which totally. is which is what I really love about our brains in that situation. It's yeah, hundred percent. We're quick to we're quick to look for the good, which is good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, agreed. And the harder, harder you work, the more you value it as well, right? Yeah, so when definitely. you got something like that. Then definitely. Yeah. So you moved away from uh, Red Bull and yet you yeah. were full produ- producer at this point. You said it took a while to find what you wanted. Why did yeah. you settle on producer?
1: So I started out in production coordinating and production mm-hmm. managing because mm. I was just really good at pulling all the pieces together. Sure. I liked driving it, but I used to get, and this is probably my ego talking, I used mm. to get really annoyed then handing it over to the producer to go and do all the fun stuff. Mm. And I was like, I don't like that. Mm. I want to, I I can do that. So, and working with such great people like Sandy and Chris, they would let me do that. Yeah. So I started to, you know, put my hand up and say, I want to be an associate producer. Like I've done my time. I know logistics. I know production. I want to be an associate producer. Mm. The thing is, being, you know, there's very few good production managers and production coordinators in the industry. So So when there's a good one, mm. they don't want to let you go. Mm -hmm. And like even seven years on, I was still getting a phone call saying, we couldn't tempt you to come back and be a production (laughs) coordinator or something. And I was like, I would love to because I love working with you. But I'm sorry. And you have to make that conscious so decision true. to go, no, yeah. I'm going to be an associate producer. I'm going to be a producer eventually. And whatever that trajectory looks so like. That must
0: be tough, right? So turning down work, getting phone calls yeah. for it, and then turning it down for an unknown, like, oh, I, you know, there's going yeah. to be something well, for I, me. I
1: wasn't turning it down for a little while. I thought, oh, I should just keep the money coming in. But you, mm. I wasn't getting the producer jobs because mm. I was still doing exactly the apps. Exactly yeah, you've like, only well, got 24 hours in the day. yeah how are you
0: going to spend them yeah
1: so um i eventually started doing associate producer roles Mm -hmm. and assisting directors wherever i could Mm. and um i just started talking to lots of people and finding my way and i did a lot of reality television when i moved to sydney Mm -hmm. and it's great it's a lot of fun but it wasn't quite for me Mm -hmm. um i think you have to have uh, like a particular skill set and i know some incredible story producers and field producers from reality and i think They say that if you want to become a really good producer, you should do reality TV Mm. in the field Mm. because it really sets you up with all the skill sets you need to do any kind of producing. Baptism of fire. This is excluding drama, obviously.
0: Sure, sure, sure.
1: Um, so I did a lot of reality, and I've done some factual, and I've done documentary and things like that. And Mm. um, it wasn't until I started doing like bespoke content for brands, Mm -hmm. um were a bit meatier, mm. like kind of like mini doco series for mm. brands, like telling a story, using great talent and nar- having an actual narrative And because I'd done TVCs and ads yeah. and
0: things. Is this the doco you did with Red Bull, Sally behind Sally's Smile? Oh, that was a
1: documentary, so, yeah, yeah, Sally Fitzgibbon's Behind the Smile. Yeah, Um That was, yeah, that was amazing. Was like, that
0: like I, one of the first kind of ones where you were like, oh, a longer form?
1: Well, I actually did this series for – dick smith mm. i did a, two documentaries for dick smith and simon nash they have a production company called smith and Nash. oh cool and one was on the underbelly of canberra because apparently back mm. in the day canberra used to be where all the spies were sent because it's obviously the government parliament house and stuff yeah i only so know did, it for like
0: sex and fireworks or something something like that yeah. but spies as well i like it yeah so, more interesting yep. by the second
1: and also we did an environmental documentary which is kind of laughable now considering the country is burning mm. um called 10 bucks a litre okay. and dick smith was predicting that petrol in the very near future was going to end up costing 10 bucks a litre Oh, i see so i'd kind of got a taste for documentary and then obviously i did red bull and we did some more factual entertainment kind of mm. stuff like that doc- mm. doco series and mm. um and then it wasn't until i started working at junkie and i was ex executive producer at junkie that i really like i loved running the team and i loved being so creatively involved and driving the creative and the narrative and working collaboratively with people and then telling these great mini stories
0: i see yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not
1: sure if it's like a an indication of my character of my personality but maybe like working on a feature-length documentary maybe i don't have the stamina for it but mm-hmm. um, being able to tell short bite-sized pieces or 30-minute documentaries things like that seemed to work really well with my skill sets. Yeah, wicked. Um, And so I had an amazing time at Junkie. And
0: was Junkie like a production company and they would pitch for Junkie's actually whatever. a youth
1: publisher. Oh, okay. So youth publisher, we did branded content. Mm. But the one thing was missing there was I felt like my, you know, 13 years of TV experience were just not relevant. And I kind of felt like it was a skill that I was letting waste.
0: Totally, yeah, like a muscle that yeah. you're not using anymore, yeah.
1: Exactly. And then so... Serendipitously, I was starting to feel like that, mm. getting a bit itchy, mm-hmm. and Verizon Media actually contacted me and said, "We've got this job, mm. and we need someone who is a TV producer with live broadcast experience, but gets how publishing works." Yeah, and strangely, you actually are like the unicorn that ticks all these boxes.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And it, the role just sounded so inviting for me, and I instantly came in, and you know, I've been here for a year now, and. We've just done 50 episodes of Build Series Sydney. We're doing our second season of New Investors. We're pioneering the way in long form digital entertainment, Mm. making TV shows for digital platforms. Mm. And obviously we're blessed here at Verizon because we have our own distribution platform. So Mm. that's one little thing that I don't have to worry about in regards to, you know, trying to secure Mm. those kind of platforms. And we're just being really innovative and doing some really cool, fun stuff. And I think it's nice to be able to holistically combine all of my experience.
0: Totally. It's like the, the natural culmination of the skills, isn't it? Having yeah. this sandpit of a studio that you can be like, right, I fancy trying this out or that or whatever. Yeah. And then you've got your network and you can bring in amazing talent, which you have done throughout these 50 EPS and new investors. Yeah. It's fucking cool.
1: It is really cool. Um, Actually just bringing back to Elia today, she said to me, have you actually had a moment to stop and reflect at just how awesome your career has been? And I said, no, cause I'm always trying to,
0: yeah, always always trying the to, next one.
1: I'm trying to get the next thing done and I, we're doing everything concurrently and I can't stop. I've got to do the things. Totally. And she was like, just take a minute.
0: Yeah. Real talk. Real and talk. just like
1: appreciate that, you know, you're doing all right, kid. You're yeah. doing all right. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool to say coming from a, an Olympic.
0: Oh yeah. An Olympian telling yeah, me yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that
1: I'm inspirational. I was like,
0: Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Feeling yeah. quite chuffed. And I saw on your Insta, it was it a nomination? Was that from Verizon Media?
1: Yes. Yeah, so Cong-
0: Huge congratulations. Um,
1: thank you. Yeah, I was shortlisted for Creative Producer of the Year Being at the Women Boss. in Media Awards. There it <laughs> is. Media, <laughs> women in Media Awards.
0: Yeah, so um, cool. Which
1: was such a lovely honour. And yeah. the competition, you know, the women I was up against were just incredible. A mm, mm. whole bunch of powerhouses in there. Mm. So it was really quite chuffed to be included in the mix. Too right. Um and it was just celebrating basically the amazing work women doing in media, but also what they're doing outside of media.
0: Mm, mm. And I have
1: a really strong fo- focus on mentoring mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. helping people come up through the industry and mm. providing resources for people that you know want to find their way. Basically, so
0: yeah, that's class. That's so nice to give back as well and be recognised yeah. for it at the same time is awesome. Yeah, and talking about slowing down and taking stock you've just moved down south is that I correct have.
1: yeah so i'm kind of like by day i'm fast by night i'm slow I'm very as. slow i've just moved to wambara yeah south coast near the royal national park we live in like a little slice of paradise across the road from the beach it's beautiful. a rugged beautiful coastline and on a busy day there's maybe one or two people down there how oh, good um it's a completely uh opposite of living in bondi or bronte
0: yeah of course so is that I how might have you to keep... change
1: my uh instagram name though that i'm bondi, oh, bondi
0: B- producer chick bondi yeah.
1: producer chick. i don't know if i can use that anymore
0: but that's very true yeah 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 that's cool so is that what keeps the balance then you think so my next question is like you know a typical week a typical day how do you manage your time effectively and how do you manage do you know i think that might be the eternal question mm. um at the end of last year
1: i actually had really bad adrenal fatigue.
0: Mm, adrenal fatigue. Yeah. What the heck's that? So adrenal People fatigue is. People that are just is, constantly on.
1: So basically when you're stressed, you go yeah. into fight or flight mode. Yeah. And you produce a hormone called cortisol. Okay. And you you need to manage that basically. Mm. But if you have prolonged stress, mm. your cortisol levels keep rising mm. and then they plateau. Mm. And then you actually run out of cortisol. Oh, geez. And
0: cortisol something you need by the sounds you of need
1: it. cortisol yeah. yeah and it wasn't like every day i was like stressed mm. but mm. i had a lot on and i was focused mm. for like 12 hours a day just yeah. really
0: and you good. had a baseline which sounds like it was significantly higher than your average person kind of thing yeah. like you say you don't really notice it you when you you don't see the wood through the trees kind of thing exactly
1: mm. um and I, do you know what mm. thinking back now cuz i'm conscious of it mm. i don't think i ever breathed properly Mm. until I developed adrenal fatigue because they said, you know, to bring your fight or flight mode down, you've got to take big breaths in and big breaths out. Totally into your stomach, yeah. To calm your heart rate and bring everything down. Yeah. Because you kind of need to self-manage. There's no like easy fix for adrenal fatigue. No.
0: You've
1: got to see a naturopath and like figure it all out, get all Mm. these tests done. But basically it's like burnout. Yeah. You're just burning out, your body's tired, you your memory goes. Mm. Like you could ask me what I did half an hour ago and mm. I'd be like, hang on, I just need to check my calendar. Mm. You know, it just mm. it was a really tough time. And I was mm. coming home and I was very emotional. My mm. my poor fiance, mm. you know, dealing I was a hot mess. Mm. And it's hard because you don't really understand what's happening. Totally. And yeah. you're so busy, you're like, I've just got to keep going. Yeah. Go ahead, pull up my socks, give yeah. myself a kick in the butt and keep going. Yeah. Um, and I think Yeah. And I think that was a really interesting wake-up call mm, and mm. i think
0: that must be so omnipresent for this media industry as well i mean even just yeah. you earlier talking about 3 a.m wake-ups and stuff like that you know definitely it's not sustainable not sustainable it's not sustainable but when you're freelance it's kind of you work really well. really
1: really hard mm. but then you can take a month off
0: very true yeah yeah true. so
1: yeah. um and, and I, I think yeah it, balance is like the key word mm. so that was a really interesting wake-up call for me i was 35 I hadn't slowed down. I hadn't had more than a month off in over 10 years. Wow. I was just powering on
0: because
1: mm. I was always trying to like, I think also the freelance mentality really sets in you that you've got to go better, 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 better. Mm. Next one, need to get mm. the next job, the next job, the next job. And you mm-hmm. don't like really stop and smell the roses. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was a really good wake up call. And then, so when Verizon contacted me and the job was like, normal hours and Mm, manageable mm. and there was support and resources. Yeah. Unheard of really. Unheard of. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I get to work with you. Mm. Um, It was a really nice change of pace. And I think it was something that was very welcome and very serendipitous. Like I said before, very serendipitous. And I think it came at just the perfect time. Yeah. It's given me time now to like set some boundaries. Yeah you know, think about what I will and won't do from a giving point of view. Of course, um, yeah, yeah. My time and Bringing that work-life my effort, life balance back in, yeah. Work-life balance. Um, and so then this house came up in Wambara. And so now on the weekends, i just living the good old slow life.
0: Yeah, nice. And then I
1: come into work on a Monday and Friday and it's, you know, Super it's zen. go, go, go. But I yeah. come home and by the time I get off the train, I can see ocean and it's just beautiful. How oh, good. Yeah. That I'm was Very awesome. lucky
0: yeah totally it sounds like you've got that equilibrium nicely nicely balanced it's good it's good
1: too to be conscious of like i think before i got adrenal fatigue i wasn't actually conscious of my own body Mm. or my own mental health yeah 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 because i was just so um i think like you know my parents kind of instilled in me like a you'll be right keep going Mm -hmm. kind of mentality and
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you
1: fall down you get back up Mm -hmm. but every now and then you probably just need to take a seat
0: yeah (laughs) yeah totally yeah i think Take a seat. It's so important to check in with yourself, isn't it? Because yeah. like you said, I like years go by and you're like, oh, shit. You're like, blah, blah, blah. You're Luckily, you've been very conscious of where you want to go in your career. But it may be in your yeah. health or your relationships or your career. And then you're like, look up. Finally, and you're like, oh, shit. I ended up here. I, I wasn't very conscious where I went totally. there. Totally. So,
1: yeah. Now I remind myself to take a few big breaths every day.
0: Yeah. Nice. What's your... Uh, Typical morning, obviously it's just change, but what's your typical kind of morning routine? How do you, how do you remind morning yourself routine. to smell the roses?
1: Yeah, so um, generally speaking, I'm a beach dweller, so mm. I need my ocean fix every morning. A quick mm-hmm. swim, maybe nice. like a little jog.
0: Good on you. Quick nice. swim,
1: little jog.
0: No wetty, just straight
1: in. Straight in. Ooh. Uh, that might change though, living on the South coast. It's a bit chillier down yeah, there, but, um, it is, it is cold. Swim, a bit of a, bit of exercise. Yeah. Um, I've started meditating in the shower,
0: in the shower. So the shower okay. is my
1: happy place. Yeah. And in fact, it's, um, I'm having to be very firm with myself about how much time I spend in the shower oh, It's, it's a struggle. to be environmentally yeah. friendly. Yeah. 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 But if there wasn't a drought, let me tell you, oh. I probably would be very hard to get out of the shower.
0: Yeah. 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 Like a limpet. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. have to come in. come yeah. on. Um, Get out! Get out! On.
1: Yeah, I I just it's so relaxing in there. But um, yeah. So how I do you meditate
0: been... in the shower? Then just breathing. Well, I actually do this thing called
1: um. You're gonna laugh at me. Yeah, it's yeah. actually called EFT.
0: EFT. It's okay. called
1: tapping, and you tap on your pressure points.
0: Yeah, I've encountered that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: and you can kind of.
0: I wouldn't laugh at you. I'm very open-minded guy. You come are on. very
1: open-minded. You're very spiritual. <laughs> um, and I do like five minutes of that, and I feel really
0: good. On yeah, kind of that's your reset button for the day yeah oh, nice. I do it in the
1: shower just like as I get out when I'm mm-hmm, all nice and refreshed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I just get on the train and now I have a bit of a longer commute and I get all my work done you know all my work I need to get done before I even get Beautiful. to work and I fire I'm, out
0: all those emails etc yeah
1: I get to work and I'm firing in all cylinders now so it's actually been a nice refreshing change
0: that's fantastic mate awesome
1: yeah, it's really great
0: good on you and then finally for looking to the future what do you uh you're a you're a lady of goals what do you what do you like to yep. get done potentially before the end of the year but in 2020 as well.
1: So I would like to – I've got a pretty well strategic planned out trajectory here at Verizon, which I won't share, oh. but I have some big goals that I would like to achieve. Cool. I can also envision myself maybe writing a book, doing some public speaking.
0: Sick. Um, give me the title of the book. Obviously working title, but give me an idea.
1: I don't know. Maybe how to not fight the patriarchy and still win
0: okay interesting i, I like think i it. could write a book around
1: that Sounds 10 like page step time. guide yeah 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 Yeah, a non-self-help book no nice. i um i really like uh i mentor many women and mm. i really like the idea of sort of creating a community that i can help mm. Mm. um whilst i had great mentors there wasn't a lot of people like that when i was around and in fact a lot of the female people that i worked for mm. were kind of scary if mm. i'm being honest mm-hmm. um so i think it's really important culture filters down and 100% everything filters from the top
0: 100% so i think
1: it's like really on us as leaders in industries to ensure that we're setting a standard for totally. our staff to reach for
0: totally totally and
1: you'll see with charlotte in fact mm. charlotte giving you a little mention yeah big up charlotte i feel like charlotte's me 15 years ago when i started working for sandy how good yeah! just so keen yeah so good at her job and just like really enthusiastic and i really hope that i can like give to her so what she's sandy, under your wing
0: like you yeah, were under Sundays, like i yeah. really
1: hope that i can give to her what sandy gave to me because it really set me on a path like i didn't know if i wanted to work in radio or mags i was like i'll mm, give tv a shot in a mm, completely different part of the industry and mm, mm. i liked it i stuck with it and you know 15 years on I'm still doing it so I mm. guess like a great deal of thanks should be owed to them for helping me yeah
0: hells yeah yeah
1: do that so I hope that I can sort of um Charlotte's an amazing actress but while I've got her you know I hope that I can yeah um make her the most multifaceted actress we can possibly you know make so um, oh good yeah definitely
0: that's class. Fantastic. And then to conclude, I've stolen questions, admittedly, but I'm bullying the culture and then uh, what's it called? Inside the Actors Studio with James oh, So, yes. favorite sound, mate?
1: Favorite sound? Mm. Waves crashing at the beach. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I've got to be, got to probably agree with you there. Waves Least t- favorite sound.
1: Least favorite sound. Know where this is going you know on. those motorbikes with the really loud. R- oh, r-
0: yeah, where they like drill a hole in their exhaust deliberately. That kind of vibe. Yeah,
1: that sound, I yeah. just think it's unnecessarily loud. Agreed. Yeah. And when I'm sitting at home, and I can hear you in my home, yeah. I just think...
0: Who cares, mate? Come on. It must be so loud for them on the bike as well. Are they what hard are you of doing? hearing
1: now? Like, Yeah. yeah that's, I find that sound really annoying. Fair enough. Actually, there's a cuckoo bird out the front of my house that wakes me up every day at 5 a.m. that I'm considering... Uh... Reframe it. Don't kill it. Reframe it. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> that, it. That I'm Enjoy considering it. rehoming.
0: No, nah, yeah, yeah. No, think, think of it as your miracle morning alarm. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. obviously, this is me saying it Scotty, because I don't have that. Scott
1: and I are like, maybe we need to start going to bed at 9 p.m. Yeah, So at 5 a.m. we're actually ready to get up and we'll just start the day. Hop you know, out.
0: Give him a bit of a feed. A couple and then hours earlier. Yeah, true, true, true. I'm not feeding him. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> be,
1: he'll be getting ready right home before I feed him.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um. What's another one? So what's the job other than your own that you'd most like to try? Oh, do you know what? Mm.
1: I thought about this the other day. I would... If I thought I had the tenacity to go back and study, mm. like like a holistic sort of naturopath, life coach kind of.
0: Interesting. Cool.
1: I really enjoy that side of life.
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it's
1: from when I had adrenal fatigue. It was those people that really helped me get back up on top mm. and I loved how they made me feel.
0: Mm, mm, and mm-hmm. I felt like they always they'd... seem like they've got their shit together as well. Like but also, they're so zen, aren't they? Yeah. Just so and also like I,
1: I don't see a moment in their lives except for like, you know, everyday challenges in life and sure. stuff, but it feels like the daily kind of stresses and pressures that they experience
0: kind of don't get to them. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So in another lifetime that could be, you know, maybe when I retire, I'll go back to uni and, um, Oh, hell's yeah. I'm a naturopath or
0: yeah. Well, a life coach, you're already a mentor. So, you know, you're yeah, already, you're more or less there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I like it. And on the flip side, which job other than yours would you least like to try?
1: Oh gosh, there's heaps. Hmm least like to try um to be honest i think i would suck working in sales yeah like that's not know. a bad job i don't it's think a you g- would great job you've got great
0: people skills I don't that's
1: 90 like, percent of the job i don't like people saying no to me imagine how many times you be say, incredible in sales imagine every time they say no to you before you actually get the sale
0: yeah i don't know i i, I think-, think
1: my ego would get too bruised and i'd be like i'm done i'm <laughs> out
0: Cooked. I think you'd be an incredible saleswoman. I think you'd be very good.
1: I know. They said a very, very big CEO said to me, Emma, you won't get anywhere in this world if you're emotional. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that on. Mm. I'm going to be a not emotional but emotionally intelligent. It just doesn't work.
0: Tough. Yeah. I'm just
1: a creative through and through and I find it hard not to have my emotions on the outside, Mm -hmm you know i'm yeah. partial to a cry every now and then
0: yeah yeah let it out let it out
1: oh, i can't control it if it has to come it has
0: to come exactly that better out than in
1: yeah definitely
0: that's cool what um i'm trying to think of another one about one of my own what's your most used gadget do you have one are you i
1: suppose my iphone
0: it's got to be your phone most used out within your phone
1: at the moment, it's my Tripwise app.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Trying to figure out how to get to and from my new beach.
0: Tripwise.
1: Yeah. So that's like the train station, city
0: mapper. No, it's like different a, vibe You or what? put
1: your routes that you would take, like one bar at a Redfern, one uh-huh. bar at a Bono Junction, sure. like what trains, that kind of stuff. Um, Instagram, Facebook, yeah, IMDb.
0: IMDb. Okay. Yeah. With my of job, course. I have
1: to be I have to be on top of like actors and mm-hmm. stuff pretty re- like pretty frequently. Mm um what else what
0: What do you use for like your time do you use like uh notes yeah solid do you use trello or not really it's only you no i don't use spotify spotify solid yeah
1: and like to be honest yeah netflix and stan
0: yeah nice
1: i like watching my stories
0: yeah yeah yeah, it's
1: like i think that's where my brain can shut down for a little bit and i can watch some really craptastic television to just take the edge off
0: yeah fair fair i feel you it is really nice what's your favorite word Favorite word at the moment—it's all transient. We always change. I say fuck a lot. Oh, okay, I was going to say. the Next out. question would be, what's your favorite curse word? So I, y- I it swear it's both a lot. Your favorite word and your favorite curse word, fuck. Yeah. Fair. It's got the it's got the uff and the. C. Yeah, it it's just like
1: when you say it, if you're having a bad day or something, you say fuck. Satisfying. Just satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, real talk. Real Not that talk. I have many bad days. No. But you know what I mean.
0: Totally, you are incredibly bubbly impossible person to have around the <laughs> office so
1: i don't want people to think that i'm out there just cussing all the time <laughs> but i do have a fairly bad potty mouth
0: <laughs> nice. i saw an
1: article the other day that it says it implies that i'm very intelligent
0: there you go we'll roll with that i think i that's love bad. fake news
1: yeah yeah. i'll go with it <laughs>
0: do your own research kids fake news fake <laughs> <Yeah>. news <laughs> nice and then uh start contrast to that i'm sure i've missed some questions out but the final one for us is if heaven exists what would you like saint peter to say to you at the pearly gates
1: Oh, that is a great question. I've never thought about that before.
0: Oh, how would and you to like be to honest, be like I've never thought minutes. about
1: heaven or hell either.
0: Mm. Well, All right. Well, how would you like your friends to remember you? What would you like them to say? I would you?
1: hope that they would say that I'm a positive force in their life, that I'm supportive, that I help make the village a better place, and that I'm family.
0: Lovely. Yeah what a fantastic way to end it emma thank you so much no for your worries. time on the podcast thanks for listening guys and we'll catch you in the next one
1: thank you so much bye, bye.
0: so there we go guys hope you enjoyed that i hope there's some pearls of wisdom to take away and if you're a female coming up in the media industry you feel inspired and empowered by emma's story i think it's epic You can keep up with all her incredible work at Verizon through Build Series Sydney's Instagram, which is Build Series S-Y-D on the end of that, and all the other work she does elsewhere on her business Instagram account, which is at Bondi Producer Chick, although the name may be changing soon as she's moved down the coast as we chatted about. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and be sure to share the app with a friend. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.